Welcome to the Perimenopause Power Podcast. We are Lisa and Natalie, two certified holistic health coaches passionate about helping women embrace their physiology to elevate their highest potential for confidence, health and energy. Perimenopause will be unique to you and each episode gives you the power in knowing that you can define your own journey. Let's get into today's episode. Welcome to those that are watching and welcome to our guests for our Menopause Redefined event for World Menopause Day, which was Wednesday, 18th of October. And it's the day has definitely grown in momentum and the education and the awareness that is coming out of this day is phenomenal. And I did a post earlier in the week suggesting that awareness and education is one piece of this puzzle. It's the action that we take. And I hope today through our conversation with each of you that we can instill some thought-provoking action and ideas for how you can support yourself um, coming into, going through, and even post this phase of life. So let me introduce you to our panellists. We have got Penny Lacasso, who is the world's first happiness hacker, on a quest to teach 10 million humans by 2025 how to flourish in life. Voted one of the most influential female entrepreneurs in Australia, Penny is her, her own ongoing experiment. A little while back, she turned her life upside down in pursuit of happiness. She left a 16-year career as an executive, relocated her family from Perth back to Melbourne, left an 18-year relationship and started her own purpose-driven company, HackingHappy.co. And we know, Penny, that you work um, and do amazing work with a lot of professional women and see menopause come up as a topic very often. And then we have Grace Zielinski, who is on a mission to rebrand menopause, an Mm. award-winning IT executive. She's the founder of Menopause with Grace, an online site and community designed to empower women to take on an active role um, in their midlife hormonal change. At 45, Grace had a challenging and rewarding career as a corporate high achiever, not to mention family life with kids aged five and seven, keeping her busy, but something wasn't quite quite right. Grace had lost her confidence at work. She felt indecisive, overwhelmed and tired. When she decided to take an unplanned career break, she still didn't know that she was experiencing menopause. And I can't wait to hear what you have to share, Grace. And then, of course, my business partner, um, Lisa Saunders, who is devoted women's health and lifestyle coach specialising in the aspects of reproductive and menopausal wellbeing, committed to offering holistic guidance, who sheds light on the physical, emotional and psychological changes inherent in these pivotal life stages. Through Own Your Health Collective, our mission is to equip women with the necessary tools, insights and communities to support to navigate navigate menopause confidently and assuredly. And our approach really is focused on fostering an empowered and enriching chapter in women's lives whilst promoting a health-conscious lifestyle for sustained vitality. So we have uh, lots of experience and passion and ambition um, on this panel today, um, absolutely. So I'd love to go to you, Grace, and start with you because, as I said, founder of Menopause with Grace, we know that you are on a mission to rebrand menopause and I know that um, that is why we connected so beautifully with uh, like-minded missions. What are some of the myths that you have had to debunk both personally for yourself and also for others? I think the main myth is that um, it happens to old people. <laughs> Seriously, 
um, you know, 45, <laughs> I just thought I was tired and, you know, running around like, you know, and you know, a young, a mum, well, not I wasn't a young mum, but a mum with young children and all those symptoms that I was feeling was just a result of me not being able to cope with children, work life, normal life. And I think that's the greatest, like, I had no idea there was this thing called perimenopause. I knew menopause and I, I associated it with what you saw in the media, which was, you know, grey-haired old women in crisp white shirts at the golf club drinking <laughs> tea. Um, but that's not me. I don't relate to that. And I didn't, you know, and no one really told me that at four, even when I went to the GP and the gynecologists, but no one was like raising that, oh, you could be, you know, perimenopausal. Because I hadn't had the hot, you know, the, the hot flushes, you know, the typical symptoms that everyone kind of associates with menopause. So that was the greatest myth of all time. And, um, and that's why I think we need to rebrand it because, if I can't look at someone and associate myself with them, say, well, I'm youthful, I'm in my 40s, I'm my 30s, like, then I'm not going to, you know, I'm not connecting, I'm not engaging, you know, the pictures that they're depicting women who are menopausal. So I'm not listening to those messages. But I think also there's been, a, you know, I think over the last 12 months I've seen a huge avalanche of um information the media's really come behind this a lot of um, women's groups have been set up organizations and research has been undertaken so there's this massive shift now for us to actually lead into lean into that and let's, let's change the conversation let's say well okay you know let's teach everyone all women and men what menopause actually is and that it is my god possibly 10 years i'm still getting my periods i'm 51 and i'm supposed to be the average age of a um, woman, woman who reaches menopause, but I'm not there yet. So even all that information is very individual. So there's some of the some of the things that kind of really stood out for me, mm. and for other women actually know understanding that, that what they're going through is actually perimenopause. It's always you know we will reflect back and go, oh that's what that was. Oh. Mm. Yeah, so so very true. And I think there's just that societal image, isn't there, of what a menopausal woman looks like. And it, it is very outdated today. And we do need to debunk that myth. And, and you're so right for women 40 plus, even for women late 30s, because we know that some women will go through premature um, menopause as well. And so, yeah, this this isn't an, an, an older woman's issue. This is something that we need to really be aware of and be prepared for from really our first period, let's be honest. 100%. Yeah. Over to you, Penny, as the world's <laughs> happiness hacker with a focus to help people flourish, we know that you work regularly with women who want that support. You have mentioned to us before that menopause comes up so often in your conversations. What are women telling you that they're struggling with or challenged by and really what is it that they want or desiring? Mm, I think... Um... The challenge is many of them feel like you're going crazy. <laughs> That's the thing I hear the most. It's like I thought I was going crazy and eventually they went and saw someone and to Grace's point, like didn't even realise. Like, um, and I think in the work that I do, I think what's perhaps even more alarming is that a lot of the women that I work with um, are at our age, you know, they've, they've experienced success in their career and we've got this, I think we've got this sort of um, intersection of where you've got 
pervasive burnout in high-performing women, and I call it um, what I, oh, I made up a name: high-functioning, uh, high-functioning burnt-out women syndrome. So. What you've got is these women that from the outside looking in, what they're damn good at is making it look like the life is perfect. I've got it all going on. I've got the successful career. I've got the kids at home. I'm trying to be the perfect mum. If I post on social media, it looks perfect. But from the inside, basically, they are completely exhausted. They are disconnected from themselves. They're disconnected from the people that they love. And this, there's this feeling of pervasive sadness and a little bit of this Am I going crazy? And I feel like, like, and I see this with burnout, it's almost like they've normalised this state to the point where they don't even realise that they're burnt out because this has become their normal. And I think when that sits hand in hand with menopause or perimenopause, you've got this beautiful storm brewing, you know, that is like not great for the internal system um, and there's a complete lack of awareness of what's going on. And that's why I think, you know, like I said, it's horrible. They feel sad. They feel alone with how they are. They're trying to hold it all together, but on the inside they're falling apart. Mm. And I think you articulate it beautifully that there's this beautiful storm brewing inside. (laughs) Yeah, and I think my personal perspective is this. You girls talk about it all the time, and I love this concept of whispers, and I feel like that could be an educational campaign all on its own for menopause. Like, you know, have you heard the whispers and starting to dispel some of these myths? Because like I've spoken about with you guys, until you said whispers, I wasn't listening to what my body was telling me. And there's no way to grace this point that I would have even, I mean, I'm 48, that I even thought I could be perimenopausal because my brain was like, it's one of two things. I either lose my period or I get hot flushes. Like that was the extent of my knowledge. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and you're so not alone. I mean, we ask the question of all the workshops that we do. The first question we ask is, "What is the first thing you think of when you hear the word menopause?" And hot flushes, getting old, um, are the two things that come up every Can we single. Talk about the old thing for a minute. Yep, go. <laughs> I, I just think so. I, oh, do any of you feel like you're old? No way. No. No, no, no way. Different way. No way. I'm not. I'm not yeah. getting old. <laughs> And I, I think this is interesting, right, because it's like, you know, they used to say, you know, um, 50 was the new 40 and 60 is the new 50. And I just think with the way society is focused on how we look now and longevity, you know, the likelihood is that most of us could live to over 100 in terms of our generation. That is hugely possible. So really, at 48, I'm not even midlife yet. And yet I think of what Grace said about, um, you know, we're perceived as old because we're perimenopausal. I've got a girlfriend who's 50. She's just gone through menopause. She works for a modelling studio, um, sorry, a modelling agency called Grey Fox, and she's constantly sourced to do ads for retirement villages for people over 65. And she's 50. So, like, you've got to ask what the hell's going on without this. You've got to plan early, Penny. Villages that are hard to get into. It's like, you know, you have your first born, you've got to get on the list at the private school. <laughs> but don't you think it's fun for you so 50 year olds to promote 65 year old advertising? Oh, like, what is- I know. I know. Absolutely. It's yes. Crazy. Uh, good, good example. Yeah, for sure. Mm. 
over to you, yeah. Lee. So um, you're currently in the midst of your menopausal journey, and I know you've spoken at length about it um, through our podcast, um, and you're very open through the work that we do. As a lifestyle health specialist working with women coming into and going through menopause, how important are lifestyle factors in women supporting their health and symptoms, and what lifestyle changes have you found most effective in supporting yourself? Yeah, um, and great great discussion, by the way, Grace and Penny. Such a great um, intro into what we're talking about, redefining it. But, you know, to start off, menopause is a totally natural and inevitable thing that happens to us, and it's not a medical condition. So lifestyle factors are absolutely pivotal in um, navigating the menopausal journey, whatever it looks like. And it's not just about the hormonal shifts that we're talking about here. It's a, it's a bit of a life transition too. And it does affect our physical, our emotional, our mental well-being. And I've experienced it personally and also through the work that we've done with other women and corporates that lifestyle changes most definitely serve as a real preventative measure. And, you know, last week I attended the inaugural Mental Health for Women conference um, held here in Melbourne. And Professor Jayashree Kilkarni from Monash University tells us that menopausal symptoms actually manifest in the brain before the body symptoms start to come about. And that's not something that a lot of people know. So if we leave this untreated, it can lead to real significant like depression rates in women aged 42 to 52. So lifestyle action like regular exercise, yoga for stress relief or aerobic uh, activities for cardiovascular health, these are all great ways to get some natural antidepressants and really help us our energy levels and make us feel really great. You know, I know that when I don't go for my morning walk with my beautiful dog, Lucy, my day starts off, you know, um, not as great, right? And by going out and moving my body, those lifestyle elements to that movement perspective, they really make a huge difference. And then we've got this outdated notion of, you know, chin up, bear up, bear it, you know, just keep pushing through. So it's perpetuated this real negative mindset and secrecy around menopause. So again, things like stress management techniques like mindfulness, deep breathing exercises, these have been invaluable to me and other people that we have worked with in breaking that cycle and improving my and their emotional well-being. And then, you know, talking more about my personal experience, I've had to adapt my approach. And this is something that we hear about, you know, once people, once women realise that it's a thing and, you know, they started listening to those whispers, haven't they, Penny? Mm -hmm. And, you know, I've had to adapt my sleep, my movement and my emotional health mm -hmm. to really putting them on the front burner and putting myself first. And I've also learnt to say no to things that, I other would, otherwise would have said yes to, to manage, help me manage my sleep, my energy, my lifestyle better. And then, you know, we talk about medical support such as menopause hormonal therapy. And this is another element that I've opened my mind to as well. Not too long ago, I would have said no, because, you know, the flawed research that's been filling our heads for, for a number of decades, actually, and, you know, thoughts around MHT. And the fact is that MHT can be a really, you know, a great game changer for those women who can take it. And when you combine that with a positive lifestyle approach, we know, and personally I've uh, felt it, uh, we can see how this makes such a substantial positive change for women. And I will add to that, that it's crucial to consult with a qualified and empathetic GP who, you know, is, is empathetic to what you're going through and 
doesn't just dismiss you as, you know, oh, you're too old, you're too young to be in perimenopause because, you know, we alluded to it, it's happening in our mid to early, um, mid to late 30s. Um, so it's really important, you know, it's not that old element that we've talked about here. Um, and I just want to finish off by saying it's really important to have a strong network for as part of your lifestyle approach, you know, a network where you can talk to others around what's happening, what you're going through, be it your friends, your family. Um, it, it leads to this renewed sense of purpose that, you know, you're certainly, you're not done by any means, you know, we've got another 40 years to live and I don't plan on finishing um, my working and personal life anytime soon, but it's actually giving me the confidence to talk and educate women, men, and even the children um, around what, my children, two boys, around what menopause is and why we shouldn't fear it. So really, you know, that lifestyle element has such a big, um, a big amount for us to adopt and and really embrace around how we manage and redefine our menopause journey. Mm. Beautifully said, Lise, and really nothing there that I can add because you, you've just you've hit on all those great points. And, and really it leads to my next question, which I wanted to open to all of you. We know that there is the silence that shrouds the experience of menopause, and you have all touched on it just in um, your previous question, but how can we encourage open and honest com conversations about menopause within families, workplaces and communities to really start to shift that mindset? And I might um, go to you, Grace, and we'll go the same order. Well, um, I probably used to be someone who would not talk openly about a lot of things. I had a lot of mental health challenges um, through my life. So, you know, obviously the stigma of, you know, suffering from depression and hiding it from colleagues and friends and all that sort of stuff. Um, and I guess learning from that experience and how lonely that is by keeping it in and when you start to share, you take the load off and you get more, um, you know, empathy um, from people around you, understanding why you might be behaving in a certain way. I took that learning to how I was dealing with menopause. Oh, my God, I've got menopause. So now I just tell people. I'm in a meeting. I forget stuff. I'm going, sorry, menopause moment. I can't remember what was discussed. Can someone give me a, you know, give me something? Or even with my kids, like, so, you know, if I've got some symptoms and, you know, they're, they're you know, inquiring, I say, oh, I've just got some issues with my vagina today. So, and they just go, right, okay, I'm moving back. And again, this is what happens when you get menopausal. You need to know this. And they don't want to know because it's a bit, you know, God, it's a bit too much, mum. But I'm thinking, no, well, if I can be really, just normalise it. We have, you know, these are parts of our bodies that are going through all this immense change. And if, you know, people can start to understand what those changes are, then, they're more sympathetic. I have this view that um, if you don't know something, if you don't know what's going on for someone, you'll make up stories about them. Mm. So you go, oh, that person's always rude and grumpy and they're, you know, whatever, and you don't like them. And then you find out that someone's died in their family or they're dealing with caring for their partner who is terminally ill or something. And it completely, it completely turns <laughs> the relationship around. You become empathetic, you provide support, you do all that sort of stuff. <laughs> By talking about it, it's amazing how much more support I get from an organisation, from my colleagues, from my family, from my friends. You know, it just, that's that's me sort of trying to, let's just talk as it, and it just creates a different, 
dynamic between people. Mm. Beautifully said. And I actually had the thought process given to me a few years ago that in every room there is some element of struggle and someone in some capacity is struggling with something. And that just flips your whole perspective around the way people might be feeling and the way that they might be interacting with you. So beautifully said, uh, Grace. Penny. Mm. I almost feel like it needs to be reconsidered as, I mean, it's it's just, it has a very negative perception around it. Mm. I feel like we need to look at it for what it is and it's a rite of passage. You know, it is, it is a milestone in a woman's life and when I speak to women who are menopausal, what I consistently hear when they come out the other side is it's like, it's like the shedding. You know, um, I know we were talking about it on your podcast, ladies, where it's almost like I don't give a, F anymore what people think of me like I've I've evolved into this wiser um more um self-compassionate human who's ready and still young enough to take on the next stage of her life and so I feel like you know looking at it as a right like celebrating it rather than seeing it as a negative and I mean is there any wonder I think I was saying to you ladies the other week you know if you look at the lifespan of a woman and the labels of the different milestones in a woman's life, menopause is considered where we become the crone. And I was saying to the ladies, it's got to be the most horrible term I have <laughs> ever heard because if you look to the standard definition in the dictionary of what a crone is, it is a cruel or ugly old woman, right? How horrible is that? And then, but if you look at it in the context of the lifespan of a woman and the stage, the crone represents wisdom, repose and um what are we so wisdom and repose so it's this beautiful opportunity it's like a coming of age mm. so i think that if we start to look at it and speak to it as this beautiful rite of passage that steps you into the next stage of your life it changes the narrative mm. god it sounds like we got it we're, we're um wise but ugly now exactly that. <laughs> <laughs> like, really no <laughs> No, I, I don't accept it. No, no. Oh, so great, Penny. And that coming of age piece is so important when um, teenagers come through puberty and, and yeah. we're looking that with younger girls coming of age. Well, yes, we're coming of age on the other side of um, the coin as well as we as we come through this phase. Mm. Beautifully said. And, Lise? Well, you know, picking up from what you said, Penny, it's, it's really a time that we need to... We need to revere uh, that element of, um, you know, some cultures, uh, some old cultures actually celebrate this yeah. wonderful yeah. time of our life. And the marketing really needs to change uh, from what, you know, it's there's a lot that's going on in the media, isn't there, that's painting the picture of, of what you've just talked about. And we need to change the narrative. And just by openly doing what we're doing here today, goes a long way to that and you know three years ago when Nat and I started this work that we're doing here nobody was talking about it and you know we will often say how people shut the doors in our face and said no no that's not a problem here then no connection was made so we really need to um, really highlight the the wonderful element of coming into this new life cycle and I don't think we just got to start we're just got to keep talking about it that is really around the mind, the mindset shift, and I had uh, Nat and I had a workshop yesterday. We were talking about that. That you know, one of the ladies on the workshop talked about never talked about menopause. It wasn't just something that you did, and now by openly talking about it, and obviously Nat and I talk about it a lot. It's just second, like it's it's commonplace, common conversation for us to talk about menopause, menstruation cycles. Is it's it's real. It's something that happens. 
And, you know, it's just we've got to talk about it a whole lot more. Mm, yeah, beautifully said. And we've evolved a lot, probably still a long way to go, but we've definitely evolved in um, a lot of different topics and a lot of life stages and challenges that people have across their life. This really is the last phase of life that we need to talk about and absolutely not taking away from the fact that this is a very personal and intimate change that a woman mm. is going through. But what great comfort and safety that a woman can have being in a collective space. And I feel very grateful. I have to say, as you're talking, to be on this panel with you all and connecting with like-minded passions and, and missions, that it really does just, it, it fills your cup and it really lifts your soul that you can even have these conversations. So um, very well, beautifully said. So finally, and as I said, I've loved that we have connected and we've connected from different walks of life, different type of work, but we've really got that that collective idea that we can make real sustainable change for community, for women, for men, for everybody um, in pursuit of them living their best life. To close out our conversation, I'd love for you to leave us with some lasting words on how you think we can all redefine menopause. And I appreciate it's a big question. But Grace? Um, I think just be authentic mm. um, and honest and upfront. Um, talk about it, um, own it, and and celebrate it. Because, um, you know, one of the things we're just listening to you guys and thinking, you know, it's great because there is this avalanche of um, awareness that's coming around now and, and that sort of stuff. But the work is still, there's still a long way to go. And I don't want it to be used against us as, a, well, there's another reason why women are different and they can't cut it in the corporate world because they, you know, they get to the stage and now we're going to support them now because, you know, you can just, because it's such a, you know, we really need to um, sort of shift that mindset. So there's a lot more work work to do. Yeah. 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 Very true. Penny? Mm, I'm just going to add and say, and on top of what Grace said, I feel like the only way to redefine it is to wrap it up in this beautiful word that I live by at the moment, which is compassion. Mm. How do we actually show women compassion at this stage of life? And what would that look like? And equally, what would it look like for us to show ourselves compassion? Um, that's probably what I would say. I feel like there's compassion needed in this space in order to understand it and in order to have empathy for those who are, you know, going through it and challenged by it. Mm, yep, yep, so beautifully said. And as a uh, meditation teacher, I feel self-compassion is very much an underutilised skill and, and practice mm -hmm. that um, really women and everybody could really benefit from. So love that, Penny. Um, and over to you, Lise. Yeah, look, I, I feel like... Um, have have the power to embrace you know the natural trajectory of what your body is meant to do and where it's meant to go and by doing that keep talking and open the conversation because chances are that in that group of conversation whoever you might be chatting to one-on-one -on -one or within a group of people be at work wherever you find yourself there's other people going through the same symptoms or similar way of understanding what's going on with their body and what you do is you open up the opportunity for those people to actually talk to you and you know if, if we know that the, as I mentioned there's that mental health factor and I think that it's really affecting a lot of women so by actually openly talking about it and giving people the confidence to do that I think that's really powerful. Mm. 
Beautifully said. And if I can, just for what it's worth, add my point, I was introduced to the term being with. And although it's not it's not new to me, this has come up a lot this week. And I guess um, from my perspective, you know, how can you be with your experience? How can you be with someone who is having this experience? And how can you create that safe and that comfortable environment that you can just be with it. You don't have to have the answers, but you can just be with it and share in, as as you've all said, that compassion in that feeling, in that conversation, in that awareness and, and start to instill that sense of acceptance that we really do need to bring into this conversation as well because there's a lot of fear, there's a lot of ingrained shame and guilt mm. and a lot of um, worry around it. So um, I just I love this conversation and thank you so much. It's uh, We got there in the end with our our, uh, our live and um, someone said to me, there's nothing like just being a first timer and, and how, how beautiful it is and what a conversation we've had. So thank you so much. And if I could say, um, you just keep up the amazing work that you're all doing. And I know no doubt that we will cross paths again and, and keep um, having these wonderful conversations. So thank you so much, Grace, Penny um, and Lise. Thank you so much for having Thanks, me. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Thanks again for sharing your time with us, learning how you can be your best energetic self no matter what life stage you are going through. Be sure to contact us if any of this content resonates with you. And don't forget to subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss out on any of our future episodes. See you next time.